Welcome to The Chapel Online. At The Chapel, we're about helping people meet, know, and follow Jesus on the campus, in the city, and around the world. As Eric said, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, my name's Kevin McKee. I'm the lead pastor of The Chapel. The Chapel is a multi-congregational church that meets over two locations, and I get to be the lead pastor of that. Great question would be, what does that mean? Because we also are committed to live teaching uh, because we want to see uh, the Word of God preached through uh, men that are raised up and share that. What it means is I get to serve alongside a number of elders to set direction and governance for our church so that we can help people meet, know, and follow Jesus on our campus, in our city, and around the world. It also means I get to serve alongside an amazing staff that pulls together in the same direction. I am here to finish up our series and to give you our Grow to Go update, which we do every month, but this one will be kind of embedded in my message. And so, but before I do that, I want to answer a question that many of you have and that have asked, hey, what's next? What's next here at the Segan location? That's a great question. And um, the elders, myself, what's next is we're going to enter a season of prayer. And we're going to ask God for his timing and his wisdom as we move forward. Here's why I say that. And here's why it's so important. Because God's given us a vision. A vision that we believe he gave to us and therefore it's really on him uh, to fulfill through us. And so we want to not get ahead of him, not lag behind him. So for the entire month of February, we're going to be praying about this spot right here. Um, and, and who will fill it. And as we do, we're going to invite you to join us because the prayers of the saints make all the difference in the world. You will receive an, an email from Gary uh, Gilbert, the chairman of our elder board, if you get our emails um, tomorrow, uh, explaining some more of that. If you don't get our emails, we'll have it available um, at the New Here, Start Here area next week, so you can just pick up a copy if, you, if you've kind of turned off email. Um, how many people have done that yet? I'm longing for the day, but nobody? Okay, me either. Um, here's something that is good to know. We are trying to staff not a position, but a vision. And that's a huge difference. So God's person uh, for this role that's been, that Andrew has filled, and if you're here today and you don't know that Andrew Bates has transitioned he has. He starts uh, next week at First Baptist Eunice as the lead pastor. And um, there's a lot of information on our webpage about that. So you could go there if this is all news to you. Hopefully it is not. But we're excited that we're not trying to staff a position. We're trying to staff a vision. And we want God's leading in all of that. So we'll be praying and we would ask you to pray with us uh, for specifically for direction, um, for wisdom, and for timing. God's timing is perfect, and we want to step in with it. So that's what we'll be doing in the month of February, and we'll keep you up to speed and up informed all along the way. So that's uh, really important. Um, Steve Elworth, who is closing out this series at the campus, will start the series in Romans, Life in, New Life in Christ, here next week, and he will be here uh, week in and week out. He'll be the primary speaker here. 
Um, and I want you to know our entire staff, you may see more staff here than you have before because we wanna make sure we're caring for your needs, meeting those, the elders wanna be available for, for that also. So if you see more staff, Steve will be here. I will be returning every four to five weeks. And um, all of that to say that we want to walk with you uh, as we transition together uh, and as we pray. That makes sense? That's what's coming. That's what's next. Um, as we finish this gospel series, uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to celebrate uh, a lot of what God is doing. Uh, it, it's, it, the vantage point um, is really important. Uh, if you were to be at our neighbor's, our, our neighbor's kitchen window and our kitchen window face each other across a street. So um, the discussion was the McKees, us, we have blinds. Our neighbors do not because the wife there doesn't think we can see everything that goes on there. And, and so uh, I went over and waved at her from our kitchen because she didn't think we could see. And I said, yeah, that's why we have blinds, so we can close out. Um, it's about perspective, right? We want to be able to change the perspective. When you change a perspective and open the blinds, you can see everything. And I hope to open some blinds for you today about what God is doing in this church. It is unbelievable. In the face of transition, which is difficult, we also see God's faithful hand in so many areas. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. If you have a device or Bible and would like to turn there, Paul begins that, um, that letter with um, thanksgiving. And so we're going to take his, his, his thanksgiving portion to also give thanks for what God is doing here and what God's doing in you. I'd like to pray for us as we begin and that God would use his word to change our heart for his glory. Would you pray with me? Lord, we pray now and we ask, Father, that in the midst of the rain that might be falling around us, that we would hear from you. Would you speak to us from your word? Lord, we, we yield ourselves to you to the best of our ability, to what your Holy Spirit would like to impress upon us. Lord, would you meet us here and through the reminding of us to us of your faithfulness, would you encourage us? Would your faithfulness pull us forward? Would your peace quiet our soul? Would you calm our hearts today and fill us with love and fill us with faith would you do it for your glory and our good? We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. The book of Colossians is without a doubt the most Christocentric book of the entire Bible, meaning Christ is all the center in it, the supremacy of Christ. And what he was able to, who he is as co-creator of the universe, as redeemer, and what his salvation is completely, how it is completely accomplished in us. So I'm going to read just the first eight verses in its total, in total, and then go back into it. This is what he says. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, who's with Paul, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith 
in Jesus Christ and of your love, uh, the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up in you in heaven about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us about your love in the Spirit. So we start with just this idea. We, the staff, the elders, are so grateful for what God is doing in you, what the gospel has done in you, because it is bearing fruit. It's, it's amazing to watch from that perspective that we get, that unique perspective that we often get. Just as Paul gives thanks, we give thanks. He always is excited about the movement of God's grace in a community, and so should we. Here's something you need to know. As Paul thinks about the church in Colossae, he had never been there. He's just saying, it's awesome to hear from Epaphras your love and to know what's going on there. We do. We are here. We get to see it. So looking a little closer, I'm going to put verses 3 through 6a up on the screen here. You know, and it says that the faith and love that sprang from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. See, they had already heard it, likely from Epaphras, and it had changed their life. That's what the gospel does. When you hear it and you believe it, it goes into your life and it brings changes that are hard to imagine. It had already changed them. Why does he say it that way? Because they were being challenged to believe something else. Something else about Jesus, something else about their salvation, something else about the gospel. Andrew Riley did an amazing job in discussing the gospel. I've listened to his sermon a couple of times, mainly because my 21-year-old son called me and said, you got to hear that message. Mainly because my wife said it was unbelievable. When summarized, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead from 1 Corinthians, which we read. Man, this is, what, this is the gospel that changed them. And Paul said, remember, it's changed you. And now they're actually being tempted to believe something else about Christ. Tempted to believe something else about the gospel Tempted to believe something else about the nature of their own problem, the sin. If you've, if you've followed Jesus any length of time, you know that we are constantly challenged to believe something less than about who Christ is for a myriad of reasons. One, it makes our problem smaller. Somebody really had to die for me? I'm that bad? The answer is yes. So if we can, we can make our problems smaller, we can make Jesus smaller. And Paul said, hey, this is the gospel that you heard. So what about you? Are you being challenged to believe in us less than Jesus? The caricature of Jesus that our culture presents that's a reduction of who he is? 
as the God man, or as, J- as Andrew said last week, God in a bod. You know, he said that, you know, every time he wanted to talk about the incarnation. I just never got used to it. Well, we pressed up against him on that. The resounding theme of the book of Colossians is the preeminence and the sufficiency of Christ as co-creator and redeemer. And, and everything that he accomplished in salvation means that. We don't have to dabble in the mysterious. We don't have to worry about religious holidays. We don't have to work ourselves up into a frenzy, which is what was happening in Colossians. We can rest in the fact that what Christ did on the cross was not only sufficient for us, but anyone who would believe. And this is what Paul is driving at. And here's what you need to know. A clear view of who Christ is, which is what Colossians, the whole book gives us, is a great defense against any heresy. Look at the real deal and you'll be able to see the fake in a minute. Look at it and feel it. And when we examine it, it had come to them. He says, it had come to you. How did it come to them? How did this gospel of grace come to them? Like it came to you and me, like it comes to every person. Somebody brought it to them. That was Steve Elworth's sermon here two weeks ago. That's what happens when we share it. And then it says, you know, your, your faith and love and hope. You see those three words in there, those characteristics. It came to them and it produced a hope in them of a future that is secured in Christ, of a coming kingdom that will replace the ones of this earth and one that will be established in justice. And that hope created in them more faith in Christ. That hope produced in them more love for him and for one another. Let me ask you something about your hope. Does it produce more faith and more love for Christ and others? That's what their hope produced. That's what a hope in the gospel produces. And if your hope in life is not doing that, you probably have the wrong object. You probably put your faith in something less than the supreme Christ, the ruler of the universe. And this is what Paul kind of pushes against. They had understood it and they had believed it and it had changed their life, and it was bearing fruit. Hope always puts our mind outside of ourselves, and it puts us and pulls us forward. And that's what was happening to them. And it comes to them like it came to us. Someone brought it. Here's the next verses. We read these. You learned it from Epaphras. You learned it from somebody in your community. Epaphras is from Colossae. And he told you, and I like to think of it, and maybe, uh, well, I am. I'm putting chapel uh, DNA on the church there. Then how did Epaphras get with Paul? Because they're in prison elsewhere. Because he was sent. I like to think of it that way. He was sent. That's probably, that's probably reading a little too much into it. But somehow he left that community and took the gospel with him and now is with the apostle Paul. So, um, as I said a few weeks ago, um, my wife and I got to travel to see some of our missionaries around the world, and I got to meet this young man. We were in the interior. Now, I'm going um, to 
be vague, and I'm going to show you some pictures. Don't take pictures of the pictures. We really try to make sure all, all these folks are secure where they are. I won't use last names. I'm saying some of that to remind me to do it. So, right. So I, I met this young man in the interior of a, of a community in Southeast Asia. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I, and sadly, I mean, he was a great guy, but sadly, he was a Texas A&M Aggie. And that was just, I'm like, how in the world did you get here? And then I remembered hope. The gospel brings change. There's hope for him. And I said, hey, man, I know how the people we send find out about our heart and God's heart for the nations. We teach it. We talk about it all over the place. We present it to our students who are able to give. And he was young, right, kind of out of school. I said, how did you hear about this work? How did you get here? And he said, you know, I was involved in a college ministry. And I went, yeah, we have one of those. That's, that's where a lot of this happens. It's called STUMO, student mobilization. Have you ever heard of it? It's in Arkansas and, and Texas. And I said, you know what? I met a guy the previous week in Indonesia at a conference with Chapel in China, or C2C as it's now called, with John and Katie LaRavia. And I met a guy there that was with Stumo. I wonder, do you know him? And he goes, what's his name? I said, his name is Ben. And then this guy gave his last name. And I said, that's him. You know him. He goes, he discipled me. And then I found in my heart a rejoicing over the gospel of grace that is expanding person to person and generation to generation. So Ben is launching a team in India, and he's discipled a guy that is in the interior of Southeast Asia. Here's a picture of John and Katie's C2C group that we were with. Amazing group of people that are all uh, in five different countries, India, Taiwan, Indonesia, Thailand, Japan, did I leave something out? Probably did. But there they are. And then here's a picture of Ben. Yeah, you like that? Two things drew me to this. One is the phrase out of Romans chapter 10, how lovely are the feet who bring good news. All of these feet are designed to bring good news into the interior. And so C2C works with college students. They target global cities with college campuses of uh, 100,000, 200,000 students and try to take the gospel there. But they all had new shoes on because they were just starting and they would be gone a while. And I, that was the other reason. It was white Nikes. That's Ben. Paul says, you heard the gospel because it was brought to you. Epaphras brought it. I'm so pumped. Wouldn't it be great to be able to say, hey, you heard the gospel because Ben brought it to someone else who's taking it to someone else who's taking it to someone else and a part of the world that took me, you know, uh, seven flights to get to <laughs> and a nice little car ride. Just amazing. This is what the gospel's doing in you. This is what the gospel is doing in us. Second point, we thank God for what the gospel is doing in us, what it's doing in us. Once it's believed, it produces fruit and it spills out. So I want to look at verse six again. It's got a lot of stuff in it, so I've, I've made it a little shorter. 
Here's what it says. So dot, 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 right? The gospel is bearing fruit and growing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. It's bearing fruit. What fruit? What is the fruit of the gospel? Well, it would be in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are personal attributes. But Paul would pray in verses 9 to 14, after he gives thanks, he prays. And he says, hey, the knowledge of the will of God, patience, endurance, these are fruits of life that show up and has shown up in our church in so many ways. And so trying to find a story to share with you from the many that we hear, I just wanted to share one I got last week. When people come to the chapel, we often ask them, hey, how did you hear about us? How did, you, how did you find your way into our community of faith? And you all have your own stories, but usually somebody goes to them, invites them. So here's one from a young mom that I received. It says this, I've always been in, interested in pursuing my faith, but never felt truly connected to God or Jesus. I spent most of my years in post-high school, ages 18 to 27, pursuing worldly things. But I read an occasional devotional and attended church sporadically. When I moved back to Baton Rouge in 2019, I decided to get involved in a church that I'd already known uh, since I was familiar with it. The same week, I was invited to come to the chapel and I filled out a card stating my interest in a group, which is what something we ask people to do pretty much every week. Monica a chapel member, reached out to me about attending their community group. I felt like God was speaking to me, that I should check out the group. From there, I began attending the chapel through COVID and eventually joined a discipleship group in January of 2021. It took many months, but I truly began to see a change where I began pursuing a relationship for Jesus not for my own comfort, but for the further, but to further the kingdom of God. That's a change, huh? And although I'd say, I, although I would never say I didn't believe in God, I will say that my faith has evolved in a new way over the past two years into a full relationship with the Lord. We talk about opening the blinds and going, look at that. Look at that. We have bird feeders on the tree right outside our kitchen window. And my wife is constantly pouring bird seed into them and all over the ground. Yeah, somebody sent me a, some thing on Facebook. You might be 60 if you start watching birds. Hey, call it what you want. It's a delightful activity. We're kind of empty nesters. We had to put a dog down. So we just take what we can get, okay? But even this morning, she called me over and said, come see, come see, come see. And there are just birds everywhere. Wouldn't it be great if we are a church that constantly, come see, come see, come see, look. There are people joining groups. There's life change happening. That's what Paul's doing. <coughs> Excuse me. That's what's going on. He's saying, come see, come see, come see. I came prepared with my little cough drop. <clears throat> Excuse me while I take it. Mm. So I mentioned a Grow to Go update. 
I want to take a minute and tell you some other things that are going on. In 2019, our elder board went on a retreat and we sought God in prayer and direction and we studied the word and we came out of that with a clear 10-year vision, which is really hard to do. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us that. Thank you, brother, for giving me this. And it's simply this, that we maximize our growth capacity to maximize our sending capacity. That by the year 2030, we might send 300 people into ministry and 100 of those to the hardest to reach places of the world. That is crazy, audacious goal. That's God-sized, and only he can accomplish it. And we are along for the ride. And it has been an amazing. And so the first year, we strategized on what that might be. And then we launched in 2021, Grow to Go, that runs for three years. And we're entering the last year of it. There were three parts to it. There are three parts to it. First, to upgrade our facilities, which we've done. And I, lo I love being at the campus location. It's where I've spent most of my life. And I'm always surprised when the staff is discussing a gathering and they go, we're gonna, look, can, we, can, we, can we meet at Segan? Can we meet at Segan? Can we meet at Segan? I'm like, wait, what's wrong with this house? Well, there's no, there's no place to drive up and get dropped off in the rain, number one. It's just constantly, you know, but we've had Fall Fest. We've had um, our 50th anniversary here. We've had fifth grade graduation, which we do is we partner with Wildwood Elementary. We've had women's conferences. We have an international banquet coming up. That would be at LSU. And our facilities are just working unbelievably well. It's just amazing. Last Sunday night, one of our, one of the college students that attended our college service put their faith in Christ. The Bible says that when one person does that, the angels in heaven rejoice. And there was a lot of rejoicing. Riley pro appropriately said that we don't want to miss that. He also said three people said they wanted to be baptized and go public with their faith, and we celebrated that. Amen. He also said... There were 501 students in attendance. Amen. That's the highest attendance we've had since 2011. So we rejoice. That'd be great. Number two, we wanted to build our leadership pipeline. Why? Because we need more people involved in ministry in order to accomplish these goals. So we've had a new evangelism class that's going on currently at LSU that'll start here on the 5th, and I would encourage you to take it. Steve and Riley both talked about it. We need to raise up more leaders in our church, and so we want to equip you. And as we send, um, we need to prepare more people. So we also have a leadership, I mean, ascending part of that pipeline. That was one of our critical aspects of our Grow to Go in the past two years, we've been able to send 26 individuals and families into ministry, 10 of those to unreached people groups. In the last two years, we have 15 more in the process and a couple dozen more talking to our sending director, Steve Elwood. Perspective. It's unbelievable what God is doing. And the third part is to put aside some money, just straight up money for global missions because we're outpacing our sending, so we needed some cash on hand until we uh, caught up. 
with our growth to be able to fund that. To date, the pledges that were given, the financial pledges that were given to grow to go, we're at 77% of the total on target to receive 100% of that. That's unbelievable. We don't actually start the third year until the end of February. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your radical generosity. Thank you for your sacrificial giving. As we journeyed into this um, building, it was, a, it was a remodel. If you've ever done a remodel, you know that, who you never know what you're going to find. And we have an overreach of $700,000. We still have money to collect in 2023 um, to the beginning of 2024. It was not because we changed the scope of the plan. Scope stayed the same. You know, I wrote these notes thinking about our, our LSU location. You know the endurance that took place in the gym. We stayed in there much longer than we'd ever planned on staying, and the cost was more than we planned on giving. Inflation is another key reason for that. But we have an opportunity we have an opportunity in the last year, not only to meet our goal, which we're on task to do, and I don't want to miss celebrating that, but to close or eliminate this gap. We've had numerous people join our church since we started, and if you're one of them, I want to invite you to join us. Giving over and above what you regularly do to the chapel and its mission to grow to go. That's what it looks like. It could be a one-time gift, or you could say, you know, for the next 12 months, we're going to give over and above to this and see how much of that gap we could eliminate. God does an amazing thing when we just put it before him and pray and trust and put the, the, the burden on him. On March 1st, we're going to have a meeting in this room, a little dinner, and we're going to invite everybody that's joined our church or visited and to come and hear about this last year. And if you want to join us, it's March 1st. It's a Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, and we'd love to have you. But it's just to give details on some of what I'm saying, if you have questions, and to say, Lord, could it be that we would finish in 2023 and close that gap? The elders made a commitment to the church that we'd not put the church in financial jeopardy or long-term debt. While we have a $700,000 overreach, we also have in our reserves that we've been working on for about 11 or 12 years, $700,000. Opening the blinds so that you can see in and see how good God is, how good our staff has been, the diligence in which they've worked. So even if we don't eliminate the gap in the next year, we'll pay it off in a very short time, whatever's left. And if we had to, we could pay it off today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, continuing. Oh, and then in 2024, February of 2024, we're going to celebrate the end of Grow to Go and all that God's doing by taking a trip to Israel. We wanted to give you a year knowledge so that if you wanted to save up for it, because it's, it's not like driving to Bunky. It cost a, it cost a penny. And there'll be information. Uh, we're going with Pilgrim Tours. We've been talking about it for about nine months. And we'll have all that information. But a number of folks in our church have said they'd love to do that. So we're going to do that. So we give thanks for what the gospel is doing 
in you. We give thanks for what the gospel is doing in us. And we give thanks for what God is, the gospel is doing in the world, in the world. Back to verse six, kind of the entirety of it. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been among you since the day you heard it and truly understood, truly understood God's grace. When you see life change happen around the world because of the gospel, it is, it's an amazing, re, um, it's amazingly reassuring. One, that God's involved globally, <coughs> but two, that the gospel that has an, an impact on you has an impact on others. It's really, it's really just a, an amazing thing to watch. The gospel in the world. There are two passages that say, this is the gospel. Riley looked at one. We've read it every week for four weeks, five weeks. 1 Corinthians 15. The other one is right here in Galatians chapter 3, verse uh, 8. It says this, For the Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced it in the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed by you. A question you could ask is, where is Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead? Here, as it is in 1 Corinthians 1 through 5. Corinthians 1 through 5 is giving you the heart of the content of the gospel. Galatians 3.8 is giving you the heart of the scope of the gospel. A gospel that is just for you and yours or me and mine is entirely too small. That's not good news. It's good news if it applies to the whole world, to everybody, everywhere, all the time, regardless of race, life, geography, regardless of where they've been, regardless of where you've been. If it's good news, it needs to be good news globally. It needs to be able to transcend any cultural hurdle. And it does. This is a quote from Genesis chapter 12. If you read the book of Genesis, the first 11 chapters kind of establish life on earth. And you could see it's already going very badly. And God intervenes and picks a man and says, I'm going to solve the problem through you, Abraham. You and your descendants are going to bless all the nations of the world. And one of those descendants is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there we understand that the gospel is for the whole world. It's for everybody. It's not small. Every good trip has some pictures. Let me show you some. This is Timmy and Marissa and their family in their uh, minivan. That's how you travel, where they live. Yeah. As soon as we left this place, um, he called his, his brother, uh, which we'll see here in a minute, said, hey, I got a flat with his whole family on the bike. This is what his brother said to him. I'm in the, I'm in the vehicle listening. Are you going to have to figure it out? Whoa. That's how you roll here? <laughs> You're going to have to figure it out? He said, there's a tire shop every hundred feet because there's only a million of these little scooters everywhere. And sure enough, 
He pulled over and found a tire place, picked it up. Let's go to the next one. All right, this is uh, Andrew and Mindy. Many of us have been praying for him uh, right before we got there. That's, uh, uh, that's their little family. Um, one of the great hurdles is not only learning one language, but their goal is to learn two. So in three years, he has mastered the language. If you're a foreigner in the country they're serving, it's very obvious by the color of your license plate. So we got pulled over. <laughs> and I said, why did we get pulled over? He goes, well, it has a lot to do with you. Big white guy, white hair, you know, they're going to stop us. But it was no big deal. There was just nine of us in the car. No, it just felt like nine. We're in a little vehicle. And he just said, you know, it's just, it's just routine. But his command of the language was absolutely amazing. He'd just gotten out of the hospital. Typhus, hepatitis, dengue fever. Yeah, I said, you need to take it easy. Let's go to the next one. Oh, yeah, that's just a great picture. Sands the tongue, but, you know, there's always one in the family, huh? One more? Yeah, there's a great, there's a great group. Little, the little bit there in the, in the nightgown, uh, she was very excited. This is my 60th uh, birthday cake. It might be my favorite out of 60 years. It was just unbelievable. Where we were, Tyler and Sarah and their family. They've been sick. She lost 30 pounds in three months. <laughs> Something was wrong. She got it fixed. Amazing. And then one more. Brothers. Uh, brothers serving together. It's just, as you might imagine, we were deeply, deeply, deeply encouraged by what the gospel's doing in you, what the gospel's doing in us what the gospel's doing in the world and the fortitude and the perseverance and the fruit that it takes to do what they're doing. Back to verse 6. The day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. This is a spiritual reality that is only accomplished through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, to truly understand the gospel of grace. But the folks that you just saw they're working so hard to make sure they understand the culture and the language. That's why they'll learn one language and then learn a second language so that they can communicate the gospel so that it can be truly understood. Two of our missionaries that have been launched in the past four years have reached a level of proficiency. They're objectively tested so that they have passed their first language. And now they can move on to their second one. Really, really amazing. And so as, as we give thanks for the gospel and the way it works in your life, the way it works in our life together, reaching out to our campus, our city, and our world, and how it's impacting the globe because of the extension of your generosity, we give thanks as Paul ends his time of thanksgiving in verse 8, he launches into prayer in verse 9. And so our prayer moving forward are the following. We're praying that the Lord would send harvest hands, 
Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to raise up harvest hands. That's what we're praying for, both here on our campus and around the world, so that the gospel goes from person to person and generation to generation. It starts as simple as, hey, would you come to my community group? Hey, would you consider joining me in a discipleship group? And letting the word, the people, and the spirit of God do the work so that we hear the testimony of somebody says, it's no longer just so I feel good, but so that I can advance the kingdom of God. Wow. So that's our first prayer, that God would, would raise up. Many, most of us don't go. Just a few go. But if you're interested in going, you can go to the go section on our webpage and begin to look at it. As Eric's already described, you might join the journey class. It is at our LSU location. It's six weeks. You saw there's two breaks because of crazy Mardi Gras, but it's happening there. And then the third thing. So first, we're praying for Harvest Hands. Second, that you might join us in a unique way, maybe going, supporting. Um, we have a, a thing called uh, a thousand senders. We need people to send. All of those couples talked about you. All of those couples talked about their church, their PAC team, prayer and care team, that are in contact with them, that are holding the rope, that are praying for them, that are responding to their emails. It is literally a lifeline. I asked Sarah because I talked to my family via FaceTime and I was blown away by the fact that there was absolutely no delay. They could have been in the next room, the clarity. And I said, how often do you talk to your parents? Because it's a new thing for missionaries to be able to do such a thing. She goes, oh, I have to, I have to be very careful because it pulls my heart from here and puts it somewhere else. And so I have to, but your connection to people is vital. And that became clear, vital. And lastly, we're praying that we might close, significantly close or eliminate the gap for 20, I mean, for um, grow to go in the next 12 months because there's so much more. Now I'm over, dang it. I'm going with my watch. I just got one more story. My wife and I had a little, little gift that we tithed on last year. Last summer, we went to see some of the folks from our church that are planning churches stateside. So we went to see Critter Cook and his wife, Allison. And when we were praying about where to, to give, I said, let's give to these churches that are trying to get started. She goes, that's great. So we wrote a check and a note. We sent it to a post office box that they clearly never use because it sat there for months. In those months, their little church that's a couple years old has decided to plant another church in Purdue. And the leader of that church said, you know what I want to call it? I want to call it the chapel. I went, great. Then Critter goes to the P.O. box. No, he made a financial commitment. We're going to give to the start of your church. 
Then he goes to his P.O. box and he sees our little check, which is not much. And he decided right there, this will be the first contribution from the chapel to the chapel. It bypassed his congregation completely. There's so much more we want to do after Grow to Go. And so if we can close that gap, we can take those resources and keep going. I hope opening the blinds has given you some, some insight into what we see on a regular basis. It, it literally is humbling to be involved in such a generous, globally-minded, compassionate church that not only cares about their neighbors that they see and interact with, but our students that they may never see, and the world. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for what you're doing. May I be clear, Lord, that you are worth and worthy of all glory and all praise. This comes from you. It returns to you. It is for you. And so we give you praise and glory. We thank you that as we make ourselves available to you, you will use us in ways we could never imagine to take the gospel across the street and around the world. May we be deeply encouraged by your grace in its many forms, in us and in the world. May we not only be grateful, but eager to take it with us where we go, that we might share the good news of Jesus Christ through our actions, through our compassion, through our sacrifice, through our words. Fill us for that mission, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. To find out more about the chapel, visit thechapelbr.com.